0: Hello, and welcome to Community Inc. This episode is all about community growth at LEGO. From its humble beginnings and wooden toys in 1932, LEGO has become the largest toy manufacturer in the world by sales. It's an iconic brand that spawned not just toys, but amusement parks, movies, and video games. It operates over 900 stores globally, with a presence in more than 130 countries. But its 90-year history hasn't all been plain sailing, in 1998, it posted its first ever loss. By 2004, it was on the verge of bankruptcy. Sales were down 30% and had debts of over $800 million. What followed has been described as the greatest turnaround in corporate history. A key part of its revival came from its embrace of community. In this deep dive, we explored the rocky path that has seen community help Lego co-create new products, drive awareness, and revive its fortunes through sustainable, double-digit growth. Here's what to expect. How Lego and its community programs got started. How hacking led it to reconsider its relationship with customers. The programs that enable community growth and the value they create for members and the value it derives for its own business. (music) The name Lego was coined in 1934, but it wasn't until 1958 that the iconic Stodden tube coupling bricks, as we know them, were developed. These caught on, and the company grew steadily until the 1990s. However, it then began to diversify and took big risks, investing in building video games, opening additional theme parks, and entering into expensive licensing agreements. It even started to change the Lego bricks themselves, joining them together into sections to make building simpler and quicker. These developments didn't pay off, and they lost money for the first time in 1998. By 2004, the company was in crisis. It posted their worst ever results, million loss Had the company not been owned by a wealthy Private family, it would have technically been insolvent Such a downturn In fortune has many contributing factors But a big one was We just didn't know our customers anymore Says Jake McKee, former Lego Global Community Relations Specialist The culture was so closed off, Jake explains Instead of talking to customers They would instead go to the big three retailers in the US That sell Lego products, Toys R Us Walmart, Target, and say Okay, so what do you want us to make this year? In part, this attitude resulted from several lawsuits claiming stolen ideas. In response, it put in place a policy of not accepting unsolicited ideas, but over time, this morphed into ignoring all customer input. It needed to make big changes, and announced jurgen Vig Nudstrop as the first CEO from outside the Kirk-Christensen family. It ditched its software division, sold off its controlling share in its theme parks, and cut staff. It set out to halve development times, and it reduced product lines from 12,000 to 7,000. We kind of forgot that the brick is our core, says Jan Bayer, then Community Development Manager at Lego. He would be listening to his community that would help put the business back on course, although this course correction was several years in the making. Lego's Mindstorms moment. Back in 1998, Lego released Mindstorms, a kit that enabled you to create programmable robots based on Lego bricks. It was an instant hit, selling 100,000 units in less than three months. There was just one problem. It was mostly being bought by adults, not children. He actually put postcards in the Mindstorms sets for people to return, recalls Tomod Askilson. Gilson. had worked at LEGO for 39 years in a variety of roles, but was actively involved with the community from 2000 onwards. When Doe started coming in, in early 99, we could see that half the people who brought the set were not in our target group. It was marketed to kids, but at one point adults made up 70% of people buying it. This was awkward because before the late 1990s, the company didn't think their adult fans had value, explains Paul Smith-Meyer, former head of new business group at Lego. Leadership actually thought adults were detracting from the brand. Well still, within just a few weeks of its release, a Stanford graduate student named Kokoa Grauford reverse-engineered the RCEX brick, the brains behind the robot. He shared all his findings online, unleashing a wave of new developments among the adult fan community, from soda machines to blackjack dealers. True to Lego's closed-off culture, His first reaction was negative. His legal team was eager to protect its IP. They even tracked down several of the people involved and invited them to meet at an MIT event called Mindfest. Our plan was to explain to them why they could not do that. We had this picture in our minds of these evil hackers doing everything in self-interest. And then we met them, says Tomod. They were the most awesome people, nice, polite, and they loved their Lego hobby. Lego's stance began to change. They concluded that stifling creativity was counter to its value of encouraging exploration. Plus, the hackers were helping to make its product better and more exciting. They decided to let such modifications flourish and added a right to hack item to its software license. Lengthy internal discussions followed, and LEGO began to see that this community ran its product added something interesting and they wanted to learn more. In December 1999, Brad Justus, senior VP of LEGO Direct, published a post titled Introducing LEGO Direct on Lugnet. Lugnet, or LEGO Users Group Network, was a fan-created Usenet that started in the late 1990s, became a key hub for the international adult LEGO fan community. The message said, with this missive, the LEGO company has to open a dialogue with you, our consumers. We want to have the best possible relationships with all of you who want to have a relationship with us. The ice was broken. Brad and other LEGO employees began to join in Loginet discussions, participating once per week. This was a real inflection point in the company's history and the way it engaged with its customers, especially adult fans of LEGO, known as AFOLs, within the LEGO community. Change wasn't quick, but a small group of people were embracing and actively working with its customer community. By the time its 2004 crisis came about, changing the way LEGO worked with its customers became a core part of Jürgen's shared vision strategy. In August 2005, Jürgen attended a fan convention and saw for himself the passion and value of his community. Jürgen spent the entire weekend in meetings with different groups. He had really deep conversations with them. He really got an understanding, recalls Tomat. I think innovation will come from a dialogue with the community, Jürgen said when he addressed the convention crowd. And it did. What followed was double-digit growth each year. Between 2008 and 2010, his profits quadrupled, growing faster than Apple's and surpassing a billion dollars in US sales for the first time. Last year, revenue was up 17 percent to over nine billion dollars. Moreover, the company's net promoter score is now 77, one of the highest of any company. Lego's outside success today is because of the community, says Tim Courtney, former community and experience manager at Lego. It's because of adult fans. It's because of embracing them. Then they're an incredible community around Lego, but Jürgen admits that for a long time we didn't nurture it well. Those were the things we started addressing. And that led us on an incredible journey of very strong growth for more than a decade. Community programs and projects. Maine taken the nine-figure loss to convince management to rethink its customer relationship, but it was now back on track. Let's take a look at some of the many community programs LEGO has experimented with and utilized in the years since. Co-creation through user panels. Mindstorms features again some of its early work with community members. They decided to work on a new version of the product and form a user panel to help refine its development. They enlisted four community members to help, which they found by going through user groups and online forums. Attitudes to including community members were still evolving internally, and the product team was questioning how much value they could add. But over time, those attitudes changed. We would asked them about a planned feature, Sir so Soren Lund, Community Development Director at Lego from 2001 to 2004, who headed up the Mindstorms project, Within half an hour, there would be a four-page email on it. They exchanged countless emails with the LEGO team, providing input on sensors, ports, and firmware, becoming de facto LEGO employees along the way. They were given us feedback we never even thought of, recalls Jake. As the project progressed, they added more people to the panel, first 10, then later in another batch, 100. Didn't have the same access as the first four, but they were able to buy a pre-release version and help with testing it. It became clear to LEGO execs that the Mindstorms NXT product was better for the user panel's input. This was confirmed by its massive success upon release. Four years after its release, it was still selling 40,000 units a year with no advertising, and has since become one of LEGO's all-time best-selling products. What's more, the wider fan community knew they had sought input from well-respected members within the community, so its release didn't result in the blowback from fans it had feared. It wasn't an entire group of people losing their minds saying, why did you do this? Why did you make this change? They went, oh god, if these guys were involved, it must be cool, says Jake. For their involvement, the four members received a few LEGO crane sets and Mindstorm's NXT prototypes. Given that they had had to pay for their own airfares to Denmark for a meeting with the company, there was no financial upside. But this didn't matter to them. They were just happy to have been involved. They actually want our opinion. Doesn't get much better than that, recalls Steve Hasenblug, one of the panel members. LEGO Ideas. Perhaps the epitome of LEGO's co-creation efforts is LEGO Ideas. LEGO Ideas is a crowdsourcing and open innovation program where community members can create and submit ideas for new LEGO sets. It's a totally fan-inspired product line, and each year LEGO releases around four products that have come about through the LEGO Ideas site. The program started life as LEGO KUSU 2008. KUSU is a Japanese company that LEGO partnered with on the pilot of the program and has stayed in beta for several years. The program was met with skepticism on both sides. Fans were still building trust with the company, and staff saw it as disruptive and were worried about competing for limited production capacity. They launched it in Japan and Japanese only because they had no idea what was going to happen, explains Tim. This could go gangbusters, or it could totally flop. In reality, it didn't quite do either, but slowly but surely, it found its footing. To be considered for production, an idea has to reach a 10,000 vote threshold. This is the genius of the programme. To get those votes, fans need to share and promote it, not just with friends and family, but finding a real audience for it. That not only raises awareness for Lego, but de-risks putting the idea into production. When an idea is selected, reviewed and produced, the creator gets 10 copies of the product and 1% of the net sales. In 2011, the first product was released for the Japanese market, a deep sea submarine. However, it was the first product intended for the global market that turned this concept into a hit. First product was a Minecraft set, which got 10,000 votes in under 48 hours up 30,000 likes on the LEGO Facebook page and was tweeted about more than 4,000 times. project became known as LEGO Ideas in 2014 when the LEGO group formally took it over from KUSU. Subsequent creations include the Back to the Future DeLorean, the Ghostbusters car and the Ladies of NASA set. 20,000 users came across from the Japanese site and their use began to drop. Then all of a sudden it was featured on Kono and Brian, which brought down the service, but it has since added millions of members program could have been some gimmick or ideas restricted to a narrow list of things, but it wasn't. If an accepted idea includes third-party IP for a game, TV show, or movie, then LEGO will go and try and secure the license to make it happen. The LEGO Ideas site has garnered tons of press and online coverage over the years. All around the world, Ideas submissions have appeared on community sites and social media platforms have been featured on national TV and press. Even for Ideas that don't make it into production, authentic marketing stories come out of it. These stories are much more valuable than paid advertising. It also drives revenue for LEGO, too. The 23 sets LEGO produced in a five-year period, 90% sold out in their first release. At the heart of this reality is the intersection of a passion for LEGO and a passion for another idea, says Jake. This is just the essence of what LEGO Ideas is. It's a way of connecting disparate communities around LEGO and TV shows, movies, etc., raising awareness of both. From a community management perspective, though, LEGO Ideas is a hard thing to manage. After all, the most likely outcome is rejection. They launched with a simple set of documentation detailing what could and couldn't be submitted, being deliberately open-ended to encourage creativity. The submission guidelines at the time were five or six bullet points, two or three sentences, not very clear. It was kind of the Wild West in terms of what people were submitting, says Jake. Over time, they added a lot more structure, using community feedback to iterate. It was about a year and a half of fire writing, to be brutally honest, says Tim, clarifying the rules of engagement and being clear about the scope of what people could submit to the site. Being open may still have been the right move, but as they soon learned, the only thing that comes from ambiguity is negativity, says Jake. When people have a blank, they fill it with bad thoughts. And so if you can cut through that, then you're more likely to maintain that relationship. It takes a lot of effort to model, demo, take pictures of and add descriptions for an entry. Then you need to promote it and build momentum around the idea. Most submissions don't get 10,000 votes, making that threshold a big achievement in itself. The team at LEGO celebrates those who make it into the 10k club with an interview profiling them on their site. Let them send their photos in of them with their model. Tell us their Lego story. Tell us the story about how this idea came to be, and because you've been successful on the platform, share your advice. For those making it into the 10K Club, all you guarantee is that your submission will be reviewed, not made. Around 10 people make it into each review batch three times a year. Things go quiet while the idea is in review, which can take several months. Cross-functional team, including design, procurement, legal, licensing, community and PR, all provide input to make a decision. Yet the low odds of success have not put people off. By 2020, the site had received 28,000 submissions. For the lucky few who end up having their idea produced, not only do they get sets and the 1% revenue share, but you also do an in-store signing event. We'd set up the table with the banner and the poster. we promote it online through our social media. Several hundred people would show up, says Tim. There'll be a celebrity for the day. They would get to sit and sign boxes and take photos with people. A later offshoot of the LEGO Ideas program was the AFold Designer Program, a scheme from the company designed to offer very limited runs of sets that didn't pass the LEGO Ideas review process. It was set up in 2018 to celebrate 60 years of the LEGO brick and to acknowledge the creativity of the AFold community. They received 443 entries and went on to produce 13 sets, which went through a fast-tracked review process that they set up in person, inviting fan media sites to cover it. Wasn't just for the community good though. In May 22, 40 days was allocated for the sets to be ordered, but they sold out in hours, with some sets going in minutes and selling some 50,000 sets. LEGO Ideas has been a hugely successful program. It's not only helped LEGO tap into a vast pool of creativity and drive awareness, but also reduced product development time by up to four times. Innovation through community feedback. Community created innovations have now become a crucial part of LEGO's innovation engine. Creations by members of its customer community have been the inspiration for multiple product developments. For example, in 2005, LEGO began development of LEGO Factory, a program that enabled users to design, upload, and purchase their own unique LEGO creations. This takes its roots from Eldraw, an open source software program that allows users to create virtual LEGO models and scenes. Sora right. formed a user panel to inform the development of Factory. Our intention was to make it as much of a community project as possible, he says. Members set up a secure forum where users could share their designs. That design process resulted in three macro scale sets being produced. Lego factory, the Lego airport, and the Lego skyline set. The initiative didn't last as it didn't prove to be a financial success, but I was overwhelmed by the quality, says Soren. This sent shockwaves through our development organization. Lego Mosaic was based on the fan created Pixel Lego software, which translated pixelated photos into Lego bricks. LEGO Vikings was a user-developed theme. LEGO Studios was inspired by the BrickFilm site, where amateur animators post short films using LEGO figures. Community members were also involved in the creation of its modular building series. This was originally suggested by fans through a poll that LEGO organized, and members participated in the development of the sets from prototyping through to final designs. In October 2019, LEGO announced the lead user lab. This is an incubator for innovative new businesses driven by Lego community members or lead users. As part of the program, Lego co-creates and collaborates with a lead user who acts as the business owner. The first project to come out of that initiative was its Build Together app. The app enables several people in person to build a Lego set together. The Lead User Lab program continues Lego's rich history of co-creation with its community members. An academic study of Lego's community collaboration Founded it was most successful when invited members had a particular area of expertise like architecture, sensor design, manufacturing, that individuals within the company didn't have. This combined with a deep experience in Lego building proved most effective in ensuring that beta testing eliminated bugs and reduced commercial risk. Lego mostly rewards collaborators with a combination of experience, access, and Lego products. When members were brought into a product insights program for a relatively limited time. The intrinsic rewards of designing and building products are more motivating than financial rewards. However, for long-term projects, or where the member provides services that are more like work, then a financial stipend is often better. Members were also attracted to the sense of community in working alongside fellow members. A key lesson learned is to be as specific as possible about the expectations of collaborators up front, and that users are more cooperative when they are working with LEGO employees directly, rather than through other groups. Lastly, Lego has learned to use NDAs sparingly. It now doesn't use them for general community work, limiting their use to narrowly defined situations. We found that members who signed NDAs would often take them too seriously, not sharing any information at all with other members beyond the scope of the NDA. Tormod explains, We realized that they didn't dare talk to anyone about anything. They were simply too scared that something would slip. Company continues to shape new ideas for user panels and virtual project rooms, and the help of skilled users on complex long-term projects internal education. Despite Lego's changing attitudes towards its fans, Lego is still a large company and there's been an ongoing effort to educate personnel by the value of its community that has spanned the last two decades. A sticking point for many has been that the majority of Lego's revenue has been derived from its core 7 to 12 year old boy market. So why look at anything else. Tom had said in 2022, he never actually measured sales outside the 0 to 14 target group until a few years ago. But Jake points out, the average kid would spend $10 a year on Legos. Active kid fans of Legos would spend $20 a year, but adult enthusiasts would spend upwards of thousands of dollars per year on Lego. We started initially by giving presentations, put together a roadshow where I went into 10 offices at various parts around the world and introduced myself and introduced the community to colleagues, says Jake. Pulled every favour I could pull, every internal politicking move I could make to get more people there. In 2002, three staff members including a tour mod wrote a white paper called Lego Enthusiast Communities. It covered what we could do, what we thought we should not do, and what they wanted and needed, says Tormod. This document was the first of many attempts at collecting and digesting some information about the Lego fan community. This was followed in 2004 with a comic by Jake called AFolds as a way to get across insights into its adult customer base. In 2005, they focused on the older kids as part of a project called Core Gravity. Internally, people referred referring to fans as nerds, says Tormod. They said they wanted to market Lego products to ordinary people. So they set out to show staff how dependent they were on core customers that presented a risk. And these older kids were in fact normal. They played football, they took music lessons, they had friends. They were just heavy users of Lego products as well. Efforts to educate staff internally about this adult community of consumers continued over the years. 2017, Tormod wrote a one-pager called Blindspot. He chose that name to point out again that was something that seemed to be a recurring blind spot for the Lego group, adult consumers. Then in 2020, a breakthrough. Lego released a line of products marked 18 plus, which were more complicated Lego products aimed at adults. Connecting communities through ambassadors. During my six years at Lego, never built one official community platform, says Jake. He didn't have to. Like Strava, Lego didn't need to create a community. Communities around Lego already existed. and have been creating them organically for over 30 years. LEGO's main job then wasn't to replace them, but to connect these disparate micro communities to each other and with the company. JFL community is a globally connected community. They inspire each other, they do things together, they find solutions to everything. But if the LEGO group can not also contribute to make that hobby even richer, then we should do so, so explains Tormont. These communities take a few different forms user groups, online communities, fan media, and conventions. The first LEGO user groups began to form in the early 1990s primarily in Europe and North America. In 1999, there were 11 known user groups. By 2006, there were 60 and had spread globally. By 2012, there were 150 with over 100,000 active adult members. And that was up to 300 groups in 2014. These groups typically have a physical presence in a region like a town or city. As members organize gatherings, come together to build or showcase their creations. We typically have 20 to 100 members, But the biggest in Europe is in the Netherlands with around 1,000 members. These are dwarfed by some of those in Asia, though. One in South Korea has 30,000 members, another in Taiwan has 110,000 members. There are many forum-based online communities and Facebook groups that discuss and provide reviews from competitions. Some of these have hundreds of thousands of members, for example, Eurobricks, which is a forum dedicated to discussions ranging from set reviews to custom creations. Then there's fan-run media outlets. They publish physical and online magazines, run blogs, YouTube channels, etc. They post LEGO news and reviews or share time lapse build videos, tutorials, and building techniques. Examples include Brothers Brick, which functions as a news outlet, while Brickset is a database that catalogs every set ever released. On platforms like Instagram, creators showcase their latest builds and share building insights. While on YouTube, large channels include Yang Bricks, Beyond the Brick, Brick Builder, and MNR Productions, which reach millions of members. The top five Lego-inspired movies posted to YouTube, for example, have been viewed more than 64 million times. Lastly, conventions. Starting with BrickFest in 2000, there are now several independently-run large-scale fan conventions that gather tens of thousands of fans. Examples include BrickCon, BrickFair, Universe, and BrickWorld. Keeping up with all these different entities is quite an undertaking. The main way Lego connects with them all is through its Lego Ambassador Network. From Ambassador Program to Network. In January 2005, Jake announced, on Lugnet of course, the Lego ambassador program. This was intended to provide a quick, direct way for the company to connect with its fans. 60 people applied via email and the Lego group selected 15 of them. Selection was based on a review of the application against a long list of objective and subjective criteria and based in no small part on participation and contribution to the Lego community overall. These Lego ambassadors were the representative voice of the community. Each ambassador cycle was for six months and they needed to reapply every cycle with no limit on how long they could keep reapplying. It was managed via a private email list and they had to sign NDAs. The program proved to be successful. It enabled the exchange of information, ideas, and community feedback between the adult Lego community and the Lego group. Ambassadors were involved in product design, community development, and communication. Comms was the key benefit. There's a funnel effect, explains Jake. I can work with the community leaders on information sharing, information gathering, and new projects, which they in turn share with the community at large. The community team members would spend the majority of their time working with this group of people. I'd ask them, what do you need? What are you are wanting? What are your members telling you? Then i try and take those insights back into the organisation in some way, says Jake. For example, if they were having difficulty getting PR for an event, I'd try to solve that problem for them. I'd sit with our PR team, I'd come up with my own ideas, and I'd create a post and I'd send it out to as many people as would receive it. And of course, building and maintaining those personal relationships took a lot of time too. I spent about 60% of my budget on travel, so I'd just show up at user group meetings and participate as a member, and they'd ask me questions, says Jake. The Ambassador Program ran in this way for several years before it became the LEGO Ambassador Network, or LAN, in 2014. At that time, LEGO Ambassadors were renamed to Log Ambassadors, as a few people got the impression that a Lego ambassador was speaking on behalf of the Lego group. This wasn't just a name change, though. The structure changed slightly, too. Now, rather than represent the community overall, ambassadors represented one particular micro community, whether there was a user group, online community, or fan media outlet. So the selection process changed, too. Let the fans do it themselves, says Peter Esperson, former global head of crowdsourcing and online innovation at Lego. Figure go out and cherry-pick and say this person should be the ambassador, then we crowd a lot of people out, so they have to figure it out themselves. The LEGO Ambassador Network then is a community of community leaders. It's currently comprised of 350 plus representative ambassadors who cover around 60 countries worldwide. Through this network, LEGO centralizes feedback from 600,000 community members, shares knowledge between community organizers, and promotes local and branded events. For a couple of years, the network was run on a private blog-like platform, but has since transitioned to an InVision-based forum. All ambassadors get access to private forums where they engage with each other and representatives from the Lego group. Since 2018, the program has operated with a tiered structure, with groups in the network being assigned one of three tiers. In tier zero, these are groups that sit outside the recognized communities. They come in all forms, new and old, but number under 20 people. Tier one have 20 to 50 active members, meet regularly and organize local events. Whereas tier two groups have 50 or more active members, meet monthly, and organize larger reach events. All recognized communities, those in Tier 1 and Tier 2, get access to early press releases, can be involved in product development, and are eligible for support packages. Tier 2 communities also get invitations to workshops and participate in marketing events. The tiers don't just apply to the groups, but also to online communities and media outlets too, with similar benefits like early press releases and reviews. One of the main benefits recognized communities get is access to log bulk, as a program Lego runs providing discounted pricing on the bulk purchase of bricks. Pricing is kept confidential, but a program intends to enable the groups to pool their resources and buy large quantities of bricks for use in showcase events. Today, NDAs are never used with the Lego Ambassador Network, although members are expected to not leak details of the early access sets and previews they are privy to. Other programs. Lego Insiders and other platforms. Lego has had programs for its most engaged customers for some time, from the Lego Club back in the early 2000s to its VRP program, which was recently overhauled, becoming Lego Insiders in August 2023. Lego Insiders is the brand's latest loyalty program designed to take fan engagement to the next level. The program provides exclusive benefits to members, such as early access and previews of upcoming sets, and opportunities to provide feedback to the Lego team. Personalization is a key feature of the program with members receiving content and rewards tailored to their interests. There's also a custom-built platform, which enables members to join discussions, share photos of their LEGO creations and take part in challenges and contests. Of course, the main part of the program is about enabling members to earn points by participating in activities and purchasing sets, which they can redeem for rewards. LEGO Insiders isn't the only platform LEGO has created over the years. Alongside its LEGO Life magazine for kids, LEGO launched a safe social network for those under 13. This enables young builders to connect with the community of like-minded folks, share their creations, and inspire one another. Tossel launched a social bookmarking platform known as Rebrick back in 2011. This was co-created alongside 500 community members, provided feedback on design, development, and house rules. Planning for it began in early 2010, with those 500 members being invited to a closed beta called Octopus later that year, launching an open beta in December of 2011. Rebrick was intended to act as a gateway to the fragmented, sprawling mass of LEGO fan sites by providing an entry point that gathered together the latest and greatest user-made creations. Rebrick's reach enabled the community to gain attention from online media news channels beyond the typical circle of LEGO fan media, as official honoree in the 2012 Webby Awards. This site didn't stand the test of time, though, and it refocused on hosting building contests in 2016. Events. LEGO's work with fan-created conventions comes under the AFOL Network Events Program, which is set up to organize their endorsement and sponsorship of larger events with 250 or more attendees. Smaller user group-run events are eligible for help as part of its event support program, which provides some free sets to organizing members. In addition to supporting fan-created user groups and conventions, LEGO runs many of its own events too. This started back in 2005 with LEGO Fan Weekend. This was a collaboration between the LEGO group and a group of community members. It's supposed to be a test, giving them insight into what it would take to host an event for customers, but they kept it going annually until 2014, when they turned over responsibility to the community who continued to run it. They have since run events around the world, including the US, Canada, Japan, Portugal, and of course, Denmark. They now have an official event, LEGO Kids Fest, that travels around. These events enable fans to come together and connect with designers, influencers, and other enthusiasts. For LEGO, they benefit from the feedback, getting insights, suggestions, and ideas that can influence future designs and programs. LEGO Movie One fun tie-in they did alongside the creation of the first LEGO movie was a competition for fans to create their own stop motion and animations. Winners had their animations put into the real movie. Five entries were selected in the end, with several seconds of the movie being co-created with community members. This made a lot of buzz online. Three months out from the release of the movie, competition page got more than 55 million hits. Ahead of other Lego movie releases, they've also connected user groups with Warner Brothers in the US to display fan-created models in theatres too. The Britlink acquisition. One final example of Lego leveraging existing communities is its acquisition of Bricklink. Bricklink began in 2000. It's the world's largest secondary market for Lego with more than 10,000 resale vendors in 70 countries. It's also a community too, with a million plus members Engaging in the English discussion forum. Lego acquired the company in 2019, shortly after partnering on the A-Fold Designer program together. It now runs the BrickLink Designer program, which simply creates fan-submitted sets using its Studio CAD-like software. It's worth noting that while I've mostly focus on the adult Lego community, Lego has an active kids community too. This is mostly actioned through the Lego Education community, which supports educators in working with students, providing tips to manage materials, and innovate on lesson plans. It also supports the first Lego League, a program in which school children compete to build the best robot. Team structure. Core team behind all this is small, just 23 people, known as a community engagement team. There are pockets of community folks working within Lego from the early 2000s, but it wasn't until 2008 that they established a formal team to support AFOLs, known as the AFOL engagement team, which began with just three members. Most of the team is based in Lego HQ in Billund, Denmark. There are three people in the U.S., one in Singapore, and another in Shanghai. A core group focuses on its work with the LEGO Ambassador Network, another runs LEGO Ideas, and a third works on connecting the community with local markets. In recent years, LEGO has hired more than 20 adult fans, not only joining the community team, but also becoming set designers too. From near bankruptcy to becoming the world's largest toy company. For most of LEGO's 90-year history, it has had a distant relationship with its community, But since the early 2000s, a determined group of people within the organisation persisted in bringing greater awareness and appreciation for the huge business impact it could have. And that's been proven out. From near-bankruptcy, LEGO has seen double-digit growth for over a decade, as it has embraced its community. Community efforts have spawned new product lines, driven awareness, grown revenues, and helped to revitalise the LEGO brand along the way. Perhaps the biggest impact the LEGO community has had, though, is in keeping LEGO true to its roots passion and love for the product exudes from everything the community does. As Jürgen says, the LEGO community is an avenue to the truth. And in today's world, a CEO needs every avenue to the truth that he or she can find. There you have it. That's how LEGO drives growth through community. For the details, you can dig into the sources online